0: Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you. Ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years' experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty, we treat your property as if it were our own.
1: Live from Twin Peaks, East String Scenic Views, it is National Signing Day. It's Tyler and Will, 99.1, the sports animal. We are joined every single Wednesday, at all, as always at this time, by Mark Pankratz, Axiom Wealth Management, former Tennessee basketball assistant. Always does, probably no one does a better job breaking down Tennessee basketball in East Tennessee than Mark Pankratz does. And we are fired up to be able to have Mark on the program today. Mark, how are you, man?
2: I'm doing great, guys. Happy to be with you all this evening.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate the time as always, man. So I I have been pounding the table about this all week long, as one does, Mark. And I I wanted to get your thoughts on it. My concern for Tennessee, and don't get me wrong, I think Rick Barnes is evolving and moving in that direction. My concern for Tennessee, and especially after we did the sports source on Sunday and some of the things that you said, I look at Tennessee and they're they're a below-average jump shooting team. I look at Tennessee and they don't really have great inside presence to work inside out a whole lot. So, how can you thrive being a half-court basketball team and not getting up and down the floor and going tempo if you aren't a great jump-shooting team and you don't have a big inside presence?
2: Well, I, I think there there's challenges, and you look at um, our field goal percentage on two point two point baskets not at the rim um, from in the country. We're below average, so uh, you talk about. Uh, those are the tough shots. Your, your shot making ability, outside of Josiah, Jordan James, I don't think we've had a lot of guys that have consistently knocked down those those uh, mid range jump shots. And look, there's not a lot of guys in the country that can do that. But to your point, Will, there's guy, there's teams that are getting to the rim at a high level, uh, and they're um, shooting a higher percentage from the from from three. What's interesting, and one of the benefits of, of what I do now in the wealth manager space, I get to meet with a lot of great people, and one of my clients uh, owns a software company, and we were looking at some of the analytics uh, during our call this afternoon. And what what adds more value to what you and I have been saying, Will, about we need to get more points in transition, if you look at the average points per possession in transition for Tennessee, uh, we are in the top 10 top 15 percentile in the country wow so when we do get when we do get out in transition we're more productive than about 85% of the teams in transition and so it just adds more validity to uh we need to do it more the other thing that was interesting that that I was working with uh, on a client of mine um that we were talking about is what has bards teams been like recently as far as pace of play versus some of his past teams. And to give Barnes credit, he's actually playing at a higher pace uh, than he has uh, in the course of his career. So he's allowing these guys to get uh, up and down more than he did three, four, five years ago. Now, when you've got a team of an Admiral Schofield, a Grant Williams, um, those type of interior presence... It it it's explainable why you would want to slow it down. Um, now he's adapted a little bit with the style of this team, and now I think he's just got to continue to to take some of the uh, reins off of these guys and allow to get more points in transition to make up you know an eight point uh, swing to allow us to get a few more points, uh, easy points uh, on the offensive end.
3: Mark, I wanna ask you about Dalton Connect. Tennessee does get the win against NC State over the weekend in San Antonio, 79-70, but Dalton Connect only plays 19 minutes, shoots one for seven from the floor, 0 for one from three, only scores two points. Rick Barnes pulls him after playing some poor possessions on defense, not looking his best on offense. Just what did you see from Connect, and kind of what does he need to work on as again the SEC play? And like, also, do you think what Rick Barnes was justifiable pulling him so early and only letting him play only 19 minutes?
2: Yeah. So, so I initially looked beyond all the, the stats. Piece one, I, I think I saw depth of a Tennessee basketball team that we've been talking about all year. You know, you how many other teams can have a 20 point score, 18 point score, a game uh, go out? And still be able to uh, to win a basketball game uh, on the road. Um, we did that, so that, that's that's a good thing. Um, I saw, um, you know, our defense stepped up. Um, you know, I saw. I look at how many other coaches could have the credibility um, and the. the uh, confidence in who they are to say, hey, look, this is the way that our program does things. I don't care if you're the leading scorer or not. If you're not going to defend or you're not going to, to move offensively, play within the offense, um, you know, hey, next man up. Uh, Barnes did that. I think that bodes well. Uh, if you're willing to do that with your best player, I think it – it um it allows for a more cohesive uh, locker room. The interesting part about it in, in the, the NIL world, in the, the recruiting world that we're in, um, it takes a special kid to be able to handle that type of coaching and not get frustrated uh, and to be able to bounce back and, and buy into the system. So I'm excited to see how uh, Dalton responds, but I was more excited to see how the, the rest of the roster stepped up and was able to help the team get a solid win on the road.
1: Mark Pancras joins us every Wednesday at this time, Tyler and will no huddle at 99.1. The sports animal live from twin peaks, Mark, looking at, um, what, what do we still need to see from Tennessee? We're eleven games. in. what do you feel like you don't know about this Tennessee team yet?
2: Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to get consistency out of Vescovy and, Zakai, I think you're starting to see progress from Zakai. I think the um, had is ups and downs. Um, you know, I think this is Dalton's first wave of adversity at this level. Um, so I think there's some unknown of, of how he responds. Uh, I think there's unknown of can we get more performances like ToBe um, on Saturday night because that's a difference maker. He offsets. Uh, a uh really good attributes um, and, and provides a different look defensively and uh, rebound in the basketball and being able to get it so um, there's a there's still a lot of unknowns but I, I think what you do know is is what we've known about Barnes programs um, since he's been here these guys are gonna compete their tails off uh, they're gonna have a chance to to be in every basketball game and they could beat anybody on any given night and um, you know, and and, and and can Josiah continue to be on the pace that he's been on because he has been the absolute glue uh, to this team's uh, pretty strong start to the season.
1: Mark, oh, Mark Pancratz joins us every Wednesday at this time. Tyler and Will, no huddle right now. Riley Thomas for Tyler Ivins. Let's get a look at traffic.
3: We're visiting with Mark Pankratz here on Time Live from Twin Peaks. Mark, I want to transition to the bigs. Jonas Adu, before that NC State game, he puts up 17 against George Mason, 14 against Illinois, 29 against Georgia um, Georgia Southern. I know he was under the weather, but he only scored four points, four turnovers, four boards. Just what consistently do you still need to see from Jonas Adu, especially when he goes up against better competition down low, like he did on Saturday against D.J. Burns, Baycott, and company more when they get into SEC play?
2: Uh, You know, I think for uh, Jonas, that was a little bit different game. You know, every game has its different script. Every team is different what they're trying to do, both offensively and defensively. And you look at a guy... Like DJ Burns, um, you know, Tobey's physicality uh, matched up well with with uh, DJ, and so you know, I'm not too worried about what they do. I think it's more, you know, I always find it interesting when people compare how a guy plays against a Power Five team um, compared to a you know, the sisters of the poor schools of a you know, Georgia Southern or a, I don't even know who we played them on. I told. Tarleton State you know like it's just a whole different ball game and so um, I'm not concerned about Jonas I think if he can knock down a a jump shot once in a while can block shots at the rim can provide some level of presence inside not that he's got to score but we got to get the ball in there he can rebound his position well he's always going to defend I I think I'm I'm happy with where he's at I think we just got to continue to get more uh, out of out of Tobey to solidify that that position
1: Mark Pankratz joining us here talking about Tennessee basketball every Wednesday on Tyler and well Mark I've always wanted to ask you about the the way you got scheduled when Bruce was there because I when you were there with Bruce because th- you have to play mid majors you have to get yourself ready but it seemed like you guys had a way of scheduling mid majors which helped you in the RPI and I know the net ranking is in the RPI but some of their metrics are similar but you would see the old dominions of the world, the Oakland's of the world. So you're playing a mid major team, but at the same time, it was a team that was going to have a solid record. Their opponents, you know what I mean? Opponents were going to have a solid record. Is there a way to do that? was that something that was thought out or is it really just behind the scenes, it's relationship, the coaches you have relationships with That's who you bring into play in these mid major games.
2: Uh, No for Pearl. And and I was helped and and involved in the scheduling of that. um, It was a lot more, um, research and data of, okay, who are they losing? You know, because, you know, you don't want them to lose everybody, but you want them to lose some. And and so that way um, they still have some cachet to their name, um, but yet you know they're going to be losing um, some, some quality players. Uh, and then that type of team is usually going to get some good guys coming in. Um, so they're not going to be – um they're not going to be a full big drop off but they're going to be pretty good and then as when you play them earlier in the season before conference play you're typically playing before those new guys mesh with some of those veterans so you hope that those teams can can get better as the season goes on and the record continues to improve the other thing you look at is style of play and and who matches up well with your um your style of play um so we, we we spent a lot of time and, – and, look, the other thing with Pearl is the marketing guy that he was, you know, he wanted to have some level of names so that way you're more excited about buying a season ticket and, and coming in um, and filling the arena versus playing, you know, a, a, a no-name team that somebody might uh, not be as excited about coming out to, to the arena to play. So there was a lot more than just, the, hey, this guy used to be on my staff and so I'm going to throw him a bone by scheduling him. Um, it wasn't much of that under Pearl's regime.
3: Mark, Tennessee takes on Tarleton State tomorrow, 11 days off until they played Norfolk State on January 2nd before they traveled to Oxford on January 6th to take on old Miss to begin SEC play. What's this time period like for Tennessee getting ready before SEC play? And what do you still need to see from Tennessee in their final two non-conference games before they take on the Rebels?
2: Well, I mean, if you look at uh, Ole Miss, I mean, they, they, Chris Beard's done an incredible job. He's a great coach. Um, you know, Now you look at their strength of schedule, they've not really played many folks, um, which has helped them get off to an 11-0 start. But uh, that place is going to be rocking. Uh, I don't know who Ole Miss plays before Tennessee, uh, but typically uh, you're trying to bookend your holidays at least with one uh, easy game before you get in a conference play. So, that place will be rocking. Um, I would assume both will still be ranked, and um, that'll set the tone for the SEC season. Um, you know, Ole Miss is going to be physical. They, they've got some really good uh, guard play. They're, they're shooting it better than anticipated, um, and it's all, Ole Miss has always been a, a challenging place for Tennessee to play. To answer your question about uh, this time period, what what you're working on? Um, one, you're you're getting guys. Uh, healthy you're getting a lot of reps you're watching a lot of film we used to always talk about you know this is that that um, separating time um, where guys can get in the gym more they can work on their craft more because they don't have school Um, that's changed a little bit because of the rules now there's not as many uh, limitations on how much time guys can be uh, working on their craft even during the school year Um, but I think this this team will be working on Their offense, offensive efficiency, getting a lot of guys' shots uh, to enhance that three-point shooting um, in in preparation for, uh, although not a lot of SEC teams ranked, uh, I'm telling you this SEC um, slate of teams is a lot better than is getting credit for nationwide.
1: Let's talk about that because I I look at – you mentioned that about the SEC slate. Last week only two SEC teams – we're right to the top twenty five. This week it's three with Ole Miss coming in at number twenty five. But when you go to Lenardi's bracketology, nine SEC teams in the tournament field right now more than any other conference in the nation. How tough is the SEC? Is it just the SEC's deep? Or do you think the SEC might be the toughest conference in the nation?
2: Well, I think um I think that, you know, you look at the coaching staffs, I mean it's absolutely the best league and I think that that gets some credit um i don't know if they'll end up with with the most uh teams going into the the NCAA tournament but you look at uh you know even Florida they they're starting to play better uh, Texas A&M is not typically one of those uh programs that it's in the top half of the, of the league and buzz has got them absolutely up there and they'll be a a fringe uh top 25 team they were in, in I think in the mid teens earlier in the year and then you've got you know the the, the Kentuckies of the world and 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 um, Alabama, Arkansas. So uh, look, the SEC is is going to be is going to be loaded. That's why you can't in basketball. Like you know, even sometimes some of the questions I get from you know people in town, it's it's such a roller coaster from game to game. It's hard as a fan to not get on that roller coaster of, of the highs and lows. But the reality is, with the, with the SEC the way that it is now you're going to lose three, four, five games in the SEC play and, and still be have a chance to um, to finish at a, a high ranking going in the NCAA tournament. And that's the benefit of Tennessee playing a really a tough schedule with Purdue and Kansas and North Carolina. It's also why that Illinois win and NC State win were huge. That Wisconsin win was huge because you still got some quality wins outside of SEC play to put you in a position where if you finish in the top four in the league, you're probably looking at a a three or four seed uh, going in the NCAA tournament, which in my eyes, that's what this season's all about is the NCAA tournament.
3: Mark, I think Tennessee's starting lineup was a little bit different than I thought it would be. Rick Barnes is starting Sakai Ziegler after bringing him off the bench earlier this season. Now, presumably, he seems to be pretty fully healthy or pretty close to it. I remember last year, Sakai came early starting, and then Rick Barnes put him back on the bench after Sakai said he's more comfortable off the bench, and then Mayshack was starting, and now it's reversed this season do you like Zakai starting, or do you, would you rather bring him off the bench with Mayshack in his position potentially in a starting lineup?
2: Well, I think um, our, to what Will and I believe, as, as far as getting out and transition more, I think with Zakai out there, you can set the tone offensively from, from out the gate and try to, to push tempo a little bit. If if Mayshack... Who look? Mayshak's playing really well. He, he had some big minutes against NC State, so it's no slight on Mayshak. But but he's not going to have the ability to to push the ball in transition as well. Uh, and so I, I like Zakai setting the tone for your offense. Obviously, he always does that defensively. So does Mayshak. Um, but I think this team uh, needs to set the tone and get the ball out in transition. We we need Zakai to to, to step up and handle the ball a little bit better and reduce some of those turnovers. But I absolutely think we we need him pushing tempo to get out in space uh, to to enhance our offense.
1: Mark Pancras joins us every Wednesday at this time. Former Tennessee basketball assistant, nobody does a better job talking about Tennessee basketball than Mark Pancratz does. Mark, really appreciate your time each and every single week, man.
2: Thanks so much, guys, and I won't talk to you before the holiday. But Merry Christmas uh, to you and your families, and and I hope you uh, enjoy celebrating the the reason for the season.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Mark. We really appreciate it. Uh, Looking forward to Christmas Eve service coming up next Sunday before we head to uh, uh, WATE and do a little sports source with with John Pennington and those guys there. Merry Christmas to you, Mark. We really appreciate everything you've done for us. Merry Christmas to your family, man. Let's get another look at traffic and talk a little bit more about this Tennessee recruiting class here on Tyler and Will. Riley Thomas, I'm going to call an audible. We've talked a lot about Tennessee football. We will talk more about it. Tennessee football practice report coming up in moments. Let's do it. Monday, Baltimore,
3: San Francisco. Mm. Is that your Super Bowl matchup? I, at this point, I'm going to say no. I trust the Niners. I don't know if I can yet trust the Ravens in the playoffs. That's where I stand Lamar only has one playoff win in his career. When he beat the Titans on the road, they were the one seed. I Ooh, think in his, right.
1: it is. That's right. Yeah, he does beat the Titans.
3: That. He only beat them once. I think that they lost to the Titans when they were a one seed, either when he was a rookie or his second year when he won MVP. That did happen, yes. So, to me, I haven't seen it yet from Lamar in the postseason. So, and the AFC, I know Mahomes, the Chiefs are struggling. But until again, I see it. I'm going to believe Patrick Mahomes can get the Super Bowl, so I will say no. I think it's the Niners, and right now I will say the Chiefs.
1: This is a baller weekend for sports, Absolutely. Though. It's spectacular this weekend for sports. Cause what a you get, great holiday. You get NFL, Thursday NFL, Saints, Rams, not terrible. It's a better game than you think. It because is. Because both of
3: those teams are challenging for playoff spots right now. Saints are probably a game out from the Bucs in the a- yep. NFC South. Rams are still in the contention for the wild absolutely card. They absolutely are.
1: they are. And they keep winning games now that they've gotten a little more healthy. Then Saturday Christmas or Saturday, 23rd, you get Bengals at Steelers, Buffalo at the Chargers. God,
3: Harper was healthy.
1: Sunday, you've got any and everybody, every, just about everybody playing. And then a triple header on Christmas Day. I, I remember there were a lot of people that were upset that there was going to be uh, NFL on Christmas Day, and that that was taking some away from the, uh, the attention, NBA. away from the NBA. But I would say, well,
3: d- be better, be better, play and, games and, that matter. And we all know that NBA is the official star is Christmas. It is, it is. But when you. Go against the NFL, man. You're going to have to wait till the 26th. Yep, that's what I mean, do. it is what it is. I may have the basketball in the background because I do enjoy Christmas Day basketball. I do, I do too, but, it's not, but I'm going to watch football oh, first. Oh, 100%. I'm going to throw it on there because I love seeing the shoes. I love seeing that. I miss the Christmas jerseys. But, yeah, no, I'm going to watch football. That Ravens-Niners game probably might be the best game all season long.
1: And you've got some solid college basketball on Saturday as well. Yes. So you've got a little bit of everything coming up this weekend and in the don't world of forget sports the bowl and games, bowl will. matchups as well
3: are you a bowl guy oh big bowl are guy. you okay you watch me last night the trash can was bowl was ball i was watching bowl games all day i watched the myrtle beach bowl for goodness <laughs> sake i mean come
1: on uh that's the i i am not a big bowl. i will say i used to have a problem say just get rid of the bowls and then brian rice is one that 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 pointed uh-huh. this out to me Bad football is better than no football. It's like pizza, right? Yeah. Bad pizza is better than pizzas. no pizza. Yes. And well, I mean, bad football is better than no football.
3: The matchup that you and uh, Tyler and <coughs> talked about is the best before the playoff. James Madison Air Force. Yep. 330 ABC. I'm probably tuned in. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. But uh, you get bowl games
1: pretty much. Uh, all day. Yeah, all day long. All day. So that's, look, this isn't this bad. It's no. like, this is a it really nice, like, especially the holidays used to be not a lot. You'd have the blue gray game. You'd have NBA and that's yes. about all you'd have. Yes. And that was just for kids. that blue gray game. Yeah. The blue gray game was for the kids that didn't make bowls. So then to be able to play in an all-star game. Oh, and then we well, do it on go. Christmas day. Okay. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of that. Okay. And so now it, I don't know. It's so now you got uh, a little bit of bowl action. Tomorrow, in mm-hmm. South South Florida, gets, uh Syracuse. How about Alex Golish
3: so taking that team for the first year for a bowl game? Yeah, that, that, that's it's I,
1: incredible. And, and I will say, to do that without a quarterback that can throw the football, even better. He can't throw it. And
3: he just stole one of Tennessee's yep. recruits, so, I Saw me mean, is doing pretty good. That, yeah,
1: that, right? absolutely. You get a bowl game on Friday, but all day long Saturday, you have bowl games. Yep. that's solid. I can't agree more. That is getting the job done. Will West, Riley Thomas, star bitch cut time on Tyler and
4: Will. Thomas Webb, what do you have for us today, pal? Guys, who's Tennessee's best commitment of the 2024 class as of right now? Start, bench, cut. Mike Matthews, Boo Carter, Jordan Ross. So,
3: you know, the the top two are Mike Matthews and Jordan Ross. But for me, Will, I'm starting Boo Carter. What he has done on film is elite. I've seen him on both sides of the football. I'm not saying he'll do that both at Tennessee, but he has the potential to do both. He can do both. He can play that – I think he's going to be playing more defense, playing that star position, kind of that roaming guy who can guard, tackle just about anybody. But if you're Josh Heupel, you want the ball in his hand. So, I will start Boo Carter. I will bench Mike Matthews. I hate to cut Jordan Rosh, an elite pass rusher, but he is a cut here for hey, me.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Matthews. These guys usually know, they, when, especially when it comes to five-star guys, it's not like that they yeah. – they, especially consensus five-star guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start Matthews. I'm going to bench Boo Carter, and I don't know enough about the edge. Sure. So I'm going, to, I'm going to have to – I will cut him, and nothing against Jordan Ross. I just don't know enough about his game.
4: Which thing do you miss the most from signing day? Start, bench, cut, hats on the table, fax cams, or online commitment videos?
3: This, I, look, I miss all three of these for one thing. But the nostal- do you remember
1: the, uh, the Garantano commitment video?
3: Oh, it literally the, in Times yeah, Square. Yeah, the Times Square. I mean, thing. look, I will say that was kind of elite. I'm not going to even go lie to you. That was pretty sick. But I, for me, the nostalgia is hats on the table. The hand, where am I going to yep. pick? I'm going to fake, put on one hat, fake, throw it away, throw pick it, put on another or hat. Or then do the whole zip-up thing with the T or whatever underneath your third uh, jacket. I will start Hats on the Table. I'll bench those videos, and I will cut the fax cams. Uh, I am going to start the Hats on the
1: Tables. Yep. I'm going to bench the fax cams. I like the fax cams. Okay. It's the most boring thing in the world to have to sit and watch that. <laughs> uh, but I miss them. And I'm going to cut the, uh, the videos. I didn't like any of them. So that's kind of why. We also didn't have, like, I mean, we get credit cloud now that you can get for yeah. 60 bucks a month.
3: Now, look, for anybody, I know I'm only 25. Yeah. I do know what a fax machine is. I was alive when they <laughs> Dude, were they, still. They had faxes way too long ago no, college they athletics. did. I remember watching, I think I was in high school or even early college, watching this, and I'm like, I know what this is, but why are they still using this? We have way better technology than yep. this right now.
4: What are you guys going to watch on Christmas? Start, bench, cut, NBA, NFL, or switch it all together, Christmas movies?
1: I'm going to start the NFL. I'm going to bench Christmas movies. I'm going to cut the NBA. That's
3: the right order. I mean, look, we know it's enjoyable. The NFL is enjoyable. If I'm with the family, probably throwing a Christmas movie, the NBA. No one likes it in the household but me, so I have to denote to the other two. <laughs> well,
1: so th- and that's the difference, and that's why the NFL is at a different stratosphere yes. than everything else is because my grandmother would be okay with the NFL game being yes. on. But instead of Christmas things, if I put the NBA game on, she would tell no. me to shut up and put the Christmas <laughs> stuff on. So, like, that's, that's just the well, difference in the
3: power of the yet, National the Football Yeah, And the casual viewer appreciates football more than just watching basketball yep. go up and down for 48 minutes. Everybody can appreciate football.
4: Also, the game on Christmas night will be phenomenal. So there's, that. there's that as well. Best time to open Christmas presents. Start, bench, cut Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, or the afternoon of Christmas
3: you got to start Christmas morning. That is the absolute best. When you wake up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., go downstairs, you wake your parents up, they get pissed. But let, they me, realize let me
1: assure you in our household, if anybody wakes me up at 6 or 7 a.m., <laughs> it ain't
3: I'll tell you happening. what you're
1: for Christmas. It's a foot in the hind part. Foot in the
3: hind part. It's it back to when you did mornings, Will. Uh, you, you start Christmas morning, easy start for me. I'm going to bench afternoon on Christmas because, to me, it's still Christmas. When you're afternoon with Christmas, you're with more of your family instead of just your household, and I will cut Christmas Eve. Still special, but the other two are more special to me.
1: I am going to start Christmas morning. I'm going to binge Christmas Eve. Okay. So my dad's family, we always did Christmas Eve, and it was the larger family. Ah, we had just tons. Okay. Yeah. Cousins in from Jersey and aunts and uncles in from all over the Minnesota and things yeah. like that. And everybody would go into my grandparents' basement, and it would just be a sea of wrapping paper everywhere. It. That's amazing. My grandpa and my great uncles over uh, drinking moonshine at this uh, bar <laughs> that he had in the basement out in Seymour. So it was homegrown moonshine. Yeah, yeah. That and scotch. The two things they would do is the the country people would show the uh, the Italians the moonshine, the Italians would show the country people their scotch, and that's mm. kind of what we would do. And then it was uh, so Christmas Eve. I always have uh, fond memories of. Afternoon of Christmas, I like it, mm-hmm. but the other two, uh, there's more nostalgia for sure. me.
4: Today is uh, great actor, Jonah Hill's 40th birthday. Rank yeah, these uh, Jonah Hill movies for a star pinch cut. Moneyball, Wolf of Wall Street, or Superbad?
3: The easy start of Superbad. That is one of the greatest the films start. of all, all time. Right, all oh, right. yeah, that look. Yeah. When, you're, when you're in college, you need a funny movie, you're with the boys, you throw on Superbad. That was me and my best friend's favorite film to watch. I will bench... Moneyball, I know I'm going to do this. I hate it. It's a great move. You're cutting Wolf of Wall I'm Street. i Wolf of Wall Street. I think Jonah Hill's position or spot is different and better in Moneyball and money super Bad. I'm going to start Wolf of Wall yeah, Street.
1: There it is. I'm going to bench Super Bad. I'm going to cut Moneyball. My problem with it is that, what was the name of the manager in that? Um, Billy Bean. No, 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 not the GM, the manager.
4: Oh, oh, Oh. gosh. Uh, The play by Philip Seymour Hoffman?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot Uh remember what his name was. Forget his name. So he had just died about the time the movie came out. you're right. And they made it act like he was the bad guy in the movie. And he was actually on board with everything Billy Bean was doing and was like the main guy working with him on it. Yeah. And and they vilified that guy. So because of that, I loved Moneyball when I first watched it, like anything Aaron Sorkin writes for the most part. But, man, that bothered me a lot that, like, that family had to watch that. You just yeah, vilified their yeah. dad who yeah. just passed away. That's not okay to do that. So that's why it gets the cut. What's your order, Tommy?
4: Uh, I'm going to start Wolf of Wall Street. I will yeah. uh, bench Superbad, and I'll cut Moneyball. He, uh, Bennett Miller is one of my favorite directors, too. Yeah, Art Hall. It,
1: Hall. Uh, Thank you very much, Brian Rice. Art yeah. hard yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that's the order. So, But Superbad is, you mentioned it, w- with the boys. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, w- with the boys, pizza, pizza flowing. It, you cannot beat it. Today is National Caroling Day. Best Christmas activity. Start bench cut Caroling building a gingerbread house or going to see Christmas lights.
1: Okay, I'm gonna start the Christmas lights. I'm gonna bench building the gingerbread house. Although I could never get that to work, so what I do is just go <laughs> buy another thing of like Betty Crocker Ice yes, for like a dollar forty seven and just put it all in there and just so I can get it to stand up and then I'm gonna cut
3: caroling, I have never gone caroling. So I, I, this is specifically for Tyler because I told him a while ago while you were out, Will, that I build gingerbread houses with my girlfriend every single year. That's good. That's and solid. And he didn't believe me. So I sent him a picture of it last nice. week when I did it. So I'm going to start the gingerbread house. I will bench going to Christmas lights, and as you just said, you cut caroling because who goes caroling? Yeah, have you ever gone caroling? If I did, I was a tiny little kid. Yeah, yeah Tommy
1: Sweat, have you gone caroling?
4: No, I don't want people's ears to bleed on Christmas.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fair.
3: My, Matthew Baker,
1: have you ever gone caroling? Best broadcast machine, Matthew Baker says no. He has never gone caroling. What about gingerbread house. Here's Build the nose? Yes. The, he, the he only thing I ask people is don't sing at me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, ever. <laughs> And as long as we have that, then if I haven't given you money, Money. don't sing. What's your beef with
4: that? What's your beef with that? What what singing? Yeah, like you don't want people to sing. What, like, is there? No, no.
1: A, you're aware. Like, it's okay if you sing. Don't just roll up on me and start singing. <laughs> I like, don't know. Okay. Where, like so like there was one story. year, years and years ago, mm-hmm. we had the uh, under under a different ownership of this company. This our stations in Knoxville. Yes. We had uh, the WIVK Christmas parade, mm-hmm. and so I go to volunteer, and we had a thing down at a place in Market Square, and there was a Legger lady who was a up and coming country artist mm-hmm. who was we had it like in a back room. And there was a lady that was an up and coming country artist that was the grand marshal. So she gets there and she pulls like her and like one of her bandmates pulls out a guitar and they're blocking the door to the room we're in and they start playing songs and singing. And I'm just sitting there for half an hour. And finally, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. So mid-song, I'm just, excuse me, pardon me, and I, and I just, George Costanza, Larry David, my way right in between them as they're singing. I got chewed out for uh, oh by, by the bosses, the former bosses that are no longer there for uh, walking through the people Hilarious. while they were singing and I stand by that action Ida to boy. this day. Ida yeah, boy. not not. A f- also, Tommy, my, my daughter does like theater and, care, and choir and oh, stuff yeah, like that. You got the
4: recitals and the concerts that you oh, go dude, to. I, mm-hmm.
1: I had to hear, there's nothing worse. Like, Look, I used to think there was nothing worse. <laughs> (laughs)
4: than having to watch
1: somebody else's kid play T-ball. Like, I thought that was the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Like, when you go to hell, you just have to sit and watch other people's kids play T-ball for, like, seven hours a day. And then I went to middle school chorus concerts.
4: (laughs) My sister was an ensemble in high school, so I know the feeling.
1: Oh, dude. So my kid would go first. And then she'd have to go last, too, because she'd be in, like, the sixth grade. But she was also in, like, the, the all-star choir at uh-huh. the end. Yeah, the ensemble. And so, I'd, yeah. And so I'd have to do the first one and watch her and then have to sit through, like, an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Two hours oh, of yeah. somebody else's grind, people's kids singing. And then finally she'd get back up and sing two more songs when they're out. Woof. That is right. Woof. Look, I'm a, I'm a fan of the arts. Yes. I'm just not a fan of watching somebody else's kid do <laughs> the yards. <ours. laughs> riley thomas i'm will west tommy swept back at the budweiser studios that is star bitch cut brought to you by new balance knoxville new balance Knox on the suburban shopping center i am wearing the classic 570 yeah you are race right now at twin peaks where we stand look at new balance knoxville so what they'll do is give you the 3d foot test get exactly your foot shape exactly your shoe size they have wide sizes extra wide sizes they'll match your foot up against 40 different models of New Balance with multiple colorways so you get exactly the perfect shoe for you every single time at New Balance Knoxville. Tennessee football practice report is next. It's Tyler and Will on 99.1 The Sports Animal.
0: What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar?
3: It's now time for that UT football practice report brought to you by American Outdoor Equipment Center in Rockwood. They are a local family owned and operated equipment dealer in East Tennessee offering all of the tools to get your jobs done. Go to AmericanOutdoorEquipment.com or you'd like to drive yourself to Rockwood and see why American Outdoor Equipment is worth the trip. Today, well, obviously, Tennessee on National Signing Day, ranked 12th in the country to several uh, sides on three, two, four, seven. Nothing really crazy happened for Tennessee. Got all the recruits they needed and wanted. No flips. Nothing crazy. And Josh Heupel spoke today for his final presser ahead also of the Iowa Bowl game. Speaking on the class in general, harping on the uh, getting help from a lot of scrimmage, defensive backs, the portal players they re- they received in, um, of course, over the weekend and, of course, today in Germod uh, McCoy. So, a great overall day for Josh Heupel and company.
1: All right. So, press conference today, Josh Heupel talked about the signees. Yes. What, what happened to this? Just so, back in the day, uh, you'd have, like, some signing party over at the Tennessee Theater and we'd all have to go there and stuff like that in the mm-hmm. evening and coach or go player by player and talk about them um, and give it and say some platitude or something like that and so 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 what is it now what do they do what does tennessee do now for national signing day
3: so the the big part for tennessee another thing is to 10 plus players are already on campus so yeah. tennessee does they still send out of course you know we got a piece of paper today of all the official signees i'm looking here at um, a site that they have given us as well of Rocky Top 24 as a title listing all the players that have officially signed this morning, starting with Carson Gentle at 7.03, and the very last one at 10.52 local product, Eli Purcell, transfer from Wofford, was at Tennessee. Now he's back over at Tennessee, finishing out his college career. So, of course, Hype will talk today about several guys, including transfer portal players, O-line, d line guys, Mike Matthews, Jake Merklinger, of course, So if he was asked, obviously, about certain players, he would dive into them. But it's really more of just they're already on campus. Some guys are going to come after December as well after the bowl game. So really just about when they get on campus and and how to really get them on campus.
1: All right, so anything stand out of Was there any specific player that you felt
3: like Josh Heupel seemed to talk more about than others? Anything like that? I think it was more about the transfer portal pickups that they received over the weekend. Obviously, they got today, they got Jermon McCoy from yeah. Oregon State. Which I didn't see that coming. No. So did I, you know that was coming? That was a big one. They he offer, I think he visited over the weekend or a couple of weekends ago. Jermon McCoy was actually really highly touted out of Oregon State. The good thing about him, and Josh Heupel said this too, all three guys have multiple years left to play football.
1: And that's what we talked about. It's Building two culture. years yes. before you get anything out of a portal guy. Unless that guy is Caleb Williams. Absolutely. McCoy, and nobody's Caleb Williams.
3: No, absolutely not. McCoy, he was a freshman this year at Oregon State. And, Will, we've talked about this. The Pac-12 was the best conference in college football, and he played extremely well, getting 16 tackles, two interceptions against some of the best. He's not
1: afraid to hit people, too. Absolutely I watched a lot of Oregon State football this year. Absolutely. And he he can cover, and he'll hit people. No business decisions coming from McCoy.
3: And he did that as a freshman. He's got three years left of eligibility. Holton stays. Jacoby Thomas as well. Well, he said those three are bringing to the table the experience in Two position groups where they're very young now. Corner losing 60 Bs in the portal or either graduating, getting McCoy, Jacoby Thomas is valuable to Tennessee. And Holton stays. With what Tennessee brings to the table on... Offensively, from the tight end perspective, blocking stays is that guy. When you lose Castles and Jacob Warren to graduation, who are both great at blocking, Ethan Davis is there, but he's a receiving tight end. Getting hold of stays, a physical tight end from Notre Dame, the best tight end in the portal, according to On3. So with them as well, I think that was the big harping port for Tennessee today was on those transfer portal guys.
1: Uh, all right, there you go. Um, so I- anything else... That we should be on the lookout for from the transfer portal or anything mm-hmm. like that. What did you think of the positions they landed? Mm-hmm. And do you think that they're, hey, you, you got to hit the portal now? And because a lot of this is you're hoping to flip this guy. You're yes. hoping to flip that yes. guy. Then when that doesn't happen, then you fill in guys in the portal.
3: So I think when you're talking just overall high school players, I think it's basically done for Tennessee. Tennessee. And then to keep your eye on Chris Brazell, transfer from Tulane. Tennessee still, in my opinion, in need of a wide receiver pickup in the portal. He has yet to commit. He, Tennessee, along with several other schools, he's, again, another highly touted after transfer portal pickup. Look out for him to potentially commit here in the coming days or in the coming weeks I think what stands out to me, Will, is the offensive and defensive line pickups for Tennessee. Five O-linemen, five D-linemen, led by Jordan Ross on the edge for the D-line. O-line, you got Bennett Warren, William Satterright, right Max Anderson. William, um, excuse me, Bennett Warren, six seven and a half, 330. He's already built like a D1 SEC O-lineman. Josh Heupel said today it's very rare that O-linemen come in ready. So these guys still have to get in the weight room, grow, figure out the – offense as well but to me the o-line d-line a very big point to this year's recruiting class
1: all right so that's kind of hate's kind of in the barn
3: right yeah and maybe another guy gets signed in the traditional signing period yes maybe 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 so but to me i i think tennessee's just about wrapped it up we heard from eric kane earlier Either they're on campus or they're going to be soon or they may be here. I think a couple of players, Edwin Spillman and maybe Caleb be- Beasley as well, will be graduating in March. So they'll be here kind of in that spring period. So if anybody signs in February, the er- or other sign day, I will be presently shocked. Yeah, Look, I and and overall, my
1: thoughts on this class, I think, I think we talked about grades. I said B plus. You said you would give it a. I give a it a B. B. Yes. Tommy said B minus. So we're all in the general neighborhood. For me, the biggest thing is this you're you were back in the in in the blue chip ratio. ratio. Yep. And at the end of the day, if you look at the blue chip ratio, since the you go back and you look at since they've done recruiting rankings, people that are in the blue chip ratio, which means more four and five star players, Mm 50 percent, more than 50 percent of your roster is four or five star players as opposed to three star and below. And if you can't compete for a title. Yep. And really even the playoff unless you're in the blue chip ratio for the most part. And so Tennessee has not been in the blue chip ratio in a long, long time. time. Yep. Alabama is 91% in the blue chip ratio for this year. Yep. And they're in the college football playoff.
3: And there's, you know, I mean, so. it's uh, They've been doing it for so long. It's not shocking to see that they're yeah, in that high of well, a And this is
1: also the step to get there is it that is. you eventually get there. Tennessee hasn't been there since 2020. No. And that included getting Cade Mays and um, Bayless Jones, Bayless Jones yes. the transfer portal that put them over the blue chip ratio point. Yes. Before that, you go back to 2015, the last time Tennessee was in the blue chip ratio. So that was that was the Khalil McKenzie class, Shy Tuttle. That yes, was those guys. Those guys. And so Drew Richmond, if you if you remember that signing there, for those of you that are that – are old enough to remember that, but it's so. It's been a long time since Tennessee signed a class. In the blue chip ratio, this class is in the blue chip ratio. We'll see if they can yeah. add. I would like to see them get an interior defensive lineman. Yes, one more. That is one thing I one would thing, like to yes. see them do. Uh, I would like to see them get another wide receiver, and we'll see. You talked about the kid from Tulane. We'll see if that yes. if that pans out that way if they can land him. Uh, but it's going to be tough, like because <clears throat> they're just. There, are, there aren't a lot of guys that are still available.
3: Yes, I, that, that's the other thing, too. But if I know people are out there looking at what Alabama and what Georgia has done. For Tennessee, I know they've got a couple of Mike Matthews, a five-star, Jordan Ross. I like how to four-star Boo Carter, another great four-star. No other big, super big names like the other schools have who are immediate day one contributors. But for Tennessee, you're building you're, your stepping stones to get to that position. You are a 1,200 class in the country. If you're that well, you are the 12th best team in college football. You know what that is next for you? Next year, you're in the college football playoff. That's where the kind of benchmark is for you moving forward, whether or not you're good enough to get into the CFP starting next season.
1: Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see what what Brazel does. If he does sign with Tennessee, it looks like on three, the crystal ball is 100% the Tennessee. There you go. So that would be a nice step in that direction. Absolutely. Then can Look, would I like to, I don't think they're going to add another defensive line or offensive tackle. offensive tackle. I would like to see them add a tackle. Sure. But if Vincy's there, and we'll see you're paying Campbell a good bit of money yes. to stay here. So I don't think you're going to find somebody that can bring somebody in to compete with him. Um, but now let's see what you can do on the defensive line. Can you add one more interior defensive mm-hmm. lineman? Because I think that would be big. Walter Nolan does not look like that as an option. Yeah, probably not. So... Other guys that are there, I don't really even see or I have not heard of Tennessee bringing even a guy in on a visit. They did sign a junior college guy they, because they missed out on some other dudes. Yes. They from the
3: prep Crazy ranks. part about that Ju- Juco guy, just real quick. Well, that, that the story on um, this guy, the guy's name, uh, Jamal Wallace, he was a receiver and DB in high school, 6'4", six, six, about 190. Now he's 6'4", 302 at my D-tackle. Gosh. So for so, him, so he obviously. Okay, where would you go to
1: Juco? Because they got good food there. Uh, let's we need to see. visit.
3: We need to, we need to pull it up. Kansas City, Missouri, it looks like it was. Is he in barbecue? Rusk. Sierra College.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sierra
3: College. Sierra Wherever Sierra, Sierra College. College is,
1: they got some food. Because
3: so, my man put on 100 pounds in two years. <laughs> so clearly something happened to where he already had the ability to, you know, get off the ball, great hitting skills, whatever it might be, to be able to play inside like that. So, again, a three-star Juco prospect. You might want another one, but they did get at least one. Maybe see what these other guys develop into.
1: Yeah, it looks like it is in Rockland, Rockland, California, oh, and go. also a small town in Nevada. Just, Nevada, go. just past the. Uh <laughs> just past the border with California. So I'm
3: interested to talk to this That's guy what the food is. and see, like, hey, man, I feel you're you dying playing.
1: What happened? How many sandwiches a day <laughs> were you able were you to put away? That's rally Thomas. I'm Will West UT Football Practice Report, 656-9900. The reason why you need that phone number is because we need two callers right now. Yeah, we do. Someone's going to win tickets to see Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top, Food City Center. You can win them right now during the Sports Fix at 6 on Tyler and Will.